to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Mike Allen, as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell, and today we're going to be talking about the Sam Raimi film, Spider-Man 2. Yes! Woo! We're joined by G.I. Jolie. I'm here. Yeah! <laughs> All right. I'm always here. Don't get too excited. Okay. And also, a very special guest returning after, I believe it's been a year and a half gap, Kristen Siapas, right? Year and a half? Oh, has it been a year and a half? I think so. Do I get yeah. a comic book a name yet? Time. Now that I've I've been on here a couple of times, do I get oh. an actual comic book name? We'll have to think of one. I don't know. Yeah. We usually like to have a pun, I, like some kind of play on words. My, but... my comic book uh, alter ego was always Siapas Star. That's not bad. I like Siapa that. Star. Star. Did you tell yeah, us that before? It sounds familiar. I, I thought that that's how I was going to be captioned today. I thought oh, I was going to okay. be introduced as that. Well, that's fine. It's okay. Whatever. Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll think you about that. You hate it. Okay? It's okay if you hate no. it. We'll come up with a different one. You're like, yeah, that sucks. That's why I didn't use it. No. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> no, no, no. It's in the running. It's in the running, okay? Promise. Yeah, right. All right. Runner up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, runner, fourth runner up. Okay. So so anyway, so we're here to talk about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, which features Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. and that's the only cast change. That's what distinguishes it. Everything right. else is the same as Spider-Man 1. And Josh, you're going to quickly tell us what happens in this film. Yeah, so we, we catch up with Peter Parker aka the spider-man uh we kind of see that just as normal his life is kind of falling apart uh his love life isn't great with mj because he kind of rejected her in the first film harry is kind of like distant with him because he's friends with spider-man or he thinks he's friends with spider-man and he also thinks that spider-man killed his dad um he's flunking out of school and not showing up because he's being spider-man too often um he can't pay for rent Aunt May is like months behind due on rent and the house is going to get foreclosed. Like so much is happening. Uh, But uh, one thing that kind of looks up for him is his professor, Dr. Kirk Connors. We kind of get a little bit of a cameo uh, for this character where uh, he tells him, like, listen, you have one last chance to do this paper that you said that you're going to do on Dr. Otto Octavius before you're going to fail. So uh, he decides that he's going to talk to Harry about it because um, Harry knows Otto for through Oscorp because they're, like, teaming up to do the science experiment. So uh, Otto kind of becomes, like, a bit of a mentor for Spider-Man or for Peter Parker and they kind of have this like bond going on and uh it all kind of leads up to this moment where they're doing the science experiment uh which is like creating uh uh a like a fusion collider that's going to be a, an infinite power supply to power the entire world um and the fusion reactor uh overloads and explodes Doc Ock fuses with the octopus-like mechanical arms that are that he's using to to conduct this experiment, and Otto's wife tragically passes, and this kind of like turns him into uh, uh, Doctor Octopus, and the the arms are now kind of in control. So uh, he decides he's going to build the reactor again on his own, bigger and better this time. So he's got to. Um, 
fight. He's got to like, you know, fight Spidey a bit, steal some money so he has enough uh, cash to like fund this thing. Uh, and all while Peter is slowly kind of losing his powers frequently uh, because he feels like his personal life and the superhero life can't get along. So um, his powers are kind of slowly fading and it all comes to a head where um, Doc Ock actually kidnaps MJ and he's he has to like take up the Spider-Man mantle again. He gets his powers back and they have this like final uh, fight on the docks with the uh, the new bigger, better fusion reactor. And uh, he's a Spider-Man is able to kind of bring Dr. Octopus back to the Otto Octavius scientist uh, persona. And he sacrifices himself in the Hudson and pulls the reactor down and it explodes. And uh, Peter and uh, MJ finally at the end of this film are, are together again. She knows that he's Spider-Man and um, it's kind of where we're at in the comics as well, where you're like, they're, they're about to get married. We'll, we'll find out in the third one and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's one of the better Spider-Man movies. If, not the best, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, I'll just quickly say it's considered the best one, most by most people. Mm. Uh, it apparently, I looked this up. It's apparently the third best-selling superhero DVD of all time, after oh, Spider-Man One and Dark Knight, and then it goes Spider-Man Two. So twenty-six mm. million copies sold. So yeah, it's a very popular movie. Personally, I've always thought Spider-Man One was better, and I'll give some of my reasons later on. But I do love um, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. I think he is a godsend. Like, I yeah. never would have dreamed this guy would, you know, I, would never, I never would have picked him to play this role, but I think he's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of things I like about this movie. But again, probably not as good as the first one, in my opinion. But Kristen, I know that in the last couple of years, you have become a Marvel file, right? Like, you've marathoned all the Marvel Universe films. This is not M- technically MCU, although now it is. Well, <laughs> yeah, now, now it, is. it is. Now it is, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, what's your first impression or your 15th impression of this film? How many times have you seen this film? I haven't seen it that often. I, okay. I Although I had like sort of a, a, a pedestrian knowledge of, of Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, like in the time that they were coming out. Now I feel like I have a deeper understanding and appreciation for Spider-Man. Now that I've seen, like, I, I think especially when we consider this film, like when it came out and, and uh, you know, its place in superhero movies in general it was still like it, there's a reason why it's so huge because it, it really like I think set the bar I really like it because it has the the comic book feel like like and don't hate me for this but for the same reason that I like the Adam West Batman yeah I don't because mean, yeah. because mm. it's like it's like cartoony comic-y without being cheesy and I, and I think this one especially because it's such a good sequel as a sequel to Spider-Man. We get like the origin story and like, this is Peter Parker. And it's like, if you've never seen anything before, this is what Spider-Man is. This is like that, that like after the happily ever after, like, like, especially as we open up and everything's falling apart for Peter Parker. And then he has to fight this whole new villain. He's having like an identity crisis. And we still get like a lot of really beautiful, cheesy, comic-y moments in this film. Um, that I think are really fun. Like there's a, there's a lot of fun in it, and then we still get a super like cheesy happy ending at at the end, like 
with like a runaway bride and everything. Like it's just so <laughs> uh-huh. shiny. I and uh, you know, it's I I really dig that. I like that about it. All right, GI Jolie, what about you? What's your what's your uh, take on this film? Um, it's definitely better than the first one for me. Um, also, a di- question about Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and, and this is it, it took rewatch rewatchings. This is not my fifteenth. Maybe it is my fifteenth. I mean, I don't count. Um, but does Sam Raimi do horror films? Yes, specifically before this, yes. Evil Dead one to three. And then the gift. Sorry, Kristen, what were you going to say? I have questions about this too. Specifically, there were two like really cinematic things that stood out to me that I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Right. So it, 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 Kristen saying that it was car- like, it was sort of Adam West cartoony. Um, it, it, I wanted to say that it was campy, but yeah. it wasn't well, campy. Yeah, it, but was. it was yeah. like, yeah. in a horror, in a horror way though. Like, um, and maybe we'll t- we, we can elaborate mm-hmm. more on this later. But like the scene where the arms are just alive, and it kills mm-hmm. the entire. Oh, sorry for our listeners. Spoiler alert! <laughs> right um, yes. for this two thousand and four film. Right for this two thousand four <laughs> film. Spoiler alert! We're going to like just shut it off or fast forward or like skip to the next episode of Spirecast. It's um, just all spoilers from here on out. Sorry. Yeah. So. <laughs> Every close up of a, there's so many close ups of screaming faces. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, this is yes. exactly. I was like, it's like every. What is the name of that actress? I'm so. I'm. I her name is out of my head. But the scream, like the scream that's been recorded, that's been used in like every horror movie. Oh, there was so many takes of that. Yeah. Well, yes, but like, like the, like that that moment. Mm-hmm. It happens yeah. like three, four times in the movie. It was so beautiful. Right. And also the the whole focus like i don't know what that's called yeah, but when they do the zoom. like this zoom thing yes right. many times yes so many and i i so much that it was like it was almost distracting by the end of it i was like oh it's another moment we're gonna yeah. do another zoom thing like it was so great yeah <laughs> it, like maybe about the third time they cut to a location where there's just like people you've never seen before like there's a girl sitting in her in an office building and she like quickly looks mm-hmm. up and like you can hear it in the distance, like a, a stomping, like a T-Rex, but it's not. Right. She, she goes to the window and it's Dr. Like, it's Doc Ock, like, climbing up and it crash zooms to her face and she's just screaming. Like, yes. <laughs> he hasn't really busted through the wall yet. Or then he does bust through the wall and she screams even louder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it doesn't stop. And then when even when Spider-Man, they kind of do like a heroic version of it where like Spider-Man will be swinging in or away from action and he'll happen to be swinging by the the face of a woman yeah. who is just in utter awe. There's also a shot where he swings into the camera and then right at that moment, two girls come into the shot. You remember that one? Yeah. Well, they yeah, walk because they come, and they look up. Yeah. It's, oh, right. It's yeah. from their torso up. It's very right. distracting. Right. But, um... I noticed this a lot. Like I, 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 I really love Sam Raimi's style. Mm-hmm. Um, he ha- he does this really great thing where, um, and it's all it's all practical. Most people like again. I'm gonna. I think I mentioned earlier that I was watching 1917, but like where the camera is moving forward or moving with the character, 
and people will cut across their yeah. eye line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's most people um, in order to be able to navigate the camera better will actually just digitally place people in the way. Um, and in reviewing 1917, um, that they did it a lot because the visual effects on a smaller screen are more apparent. Mm-hmm. But like on this one, it, it just looks so cool, and it's always the same angle. Uh-huh. Uh, or it's always the same angles. Sometimes they'll just be standing right in front of the camera, and they'll just c- cover the entire. They'll cover the entire screen, and th- but the focus will still be on the main character. And like, right. I don't know a lot of uh, directors that do that, or, or do that frequently as frequently as Sam Raimi does in his film. It's like every shot. Yeah, it's crazy, and it makes it feel. It gives it that like comic book feel. Uh, because I feel like comic book panels are sort of composed with those sorts of things in mind, like mm. uh, sort of like tertiary elements. And I feel like there's a lot of, of moments like that where where he gives us like a snapshot, like it, and that's what I think makes it feel like there's there's color and lighting and movement and all those things that affect mm-hmm. it as well. But like there's so many moments that are like that's a panel, that's a panel, yeah. that's a panel, like where you see it, it yeah. really is like jumping off of the page. Yeah. So my first impression, my 15th impression is like, I, I, I love this film. I still think that um, No Way Home is the best one. Oh, no, no. That's a lie. I think that Into the Spider-Verse is the best one. That's my favorite oh, one too. Yeah. Then I think that this is the second best one. And mm-hmm. then um, No, Way, no Way Home No is Way Home. the third mm. best. Yeah. I think No Way Home is still... I think is still a bit higher than this one for me only because it brings together everything and you have to appreciate that but Spider-Verse is probably yeah. my number mm-hmm. one I could watch Spider-Verse a hundred times every afternoon yeah. like I just love it yeah it's like Titanic <laughs> where you, you see like different things every single time and you wish the ending wasn't you know what's gonna happen and whatever it doesn't matter but yeah anyway okay. sorry so That's Josh first impression. we'll get your impression Josh yeah Josh yeah, it you? was it was great watching this again. Um, I was like eight when this came out, and like this was my thing. This was like this was the best thing to ever happen to me in two thousand and four. Um, so rewatching it again was super nostalgic. Um, uh, Alfred Molina, like uh, I think Mike said, is like the probably the best actor in any of these movies like he's just so freaking good mm-hmm. um even even like up there with willem dafoe I, like yeah, his like yeah his his relationship with peter is so great and so yes. believable in this um and it's like it's very quickly that we have to believe that they're buddies and they're they're close and it, it, you buy it immediately it's so great yeah. and i don't think it would be as possible if it wasn't for melina's charm it's it's great yeah and, and i think it, that gives you the the heartbreak when when his wife dies right. and it and it really like i don't know how much of his wife's death gives us like an, an arc for his villain origin story i think i almost want more more for him there but but the heartbreak of when she passes is like you feel that deep like mm-hmm. the poetry thing and like mm-hmm. that he's already made such a connection there yeah and, and it's <sighs> it's very key for the ending as well for you to feel sad when he ends up sacrificing himself at the end of the film yeah. because 
we even though we're seeing him for most of the film be a bad guy we're still hoping for him to go back to where he started at the beginning Mm-hmm. And, you know, and completely unintentionally, it's a perfect setup for No Way Home too. Like yeah. after after mm-hmm. seeing No Way Home, and now I'm watching this now for, again for the yeah. first time, I had like new heartbreak for No Way Home again. <laughs> like after after yeah. interacting yeah. with this, yeah. I just cut you off, Mike. Like no, twice, it's okay. <laughs> it's just because you know lately we've read a whole bunch of Doctor Octopus stories, and mm-hmm. I feel like at least in the ones that we're reading, they don't quite get them right, right? And it's and I and I'll criticize cop, superhero movies as much as the next person, right? Till the cows come home. But sometimes superhero movies do things where you're like, why didn't they ever think of that in the comics? And with this movie, I mean, the comics they didn't really have that relationship, as far as I know. Peter and Doctor Octopus didn't have it. But this movie, mm. and they're only together like what three scenes? Yeah. But in like mm-hmm. a very small amount of screen time, they established so much. And like you said, it's like Alfred Molina is such a good actor. He has just a couple scenes. You know, he meets Peter, sits down with him. They have tea or whatever they do. And then I think the next time we see him, he has the accident, right? So there's not much time to develop it, but they do it. They do it right. It's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And and yeah, making him the mentor is great. Having the inhibitor chip is such a great way. It's like a small little like MacGuffin almost to to bring him back at the end. Right. Like Like a... like a little trinket that's a reason why he's a bad guy. Right, right. Uh, and it's so, I think it's super smart to have that like Jekyll and Hyde thing. And it's it's also amazing that it works again, like in, no in, in the sequel. No, 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 in, in Spider-Man 2, because it happened in Spider-Man 1 with Norman. Yeah. And yes, Green Goblin, good right? Good point, good point, yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's great that they were able to kind of take that and keep it fresh and uh uh make it work for this for this movie Mm -hmm. i wonder like for the whole trilogy really that's the the like each villain is not it's it's not like a over-the-top evil villain like each each one has their humanity Uh and you see them as a whole person i think you see their like their desire not to really be a villain their their unwillingness to to be evil you're right like if you compare them to the joker and batman the joker's like a psychopath right but with all of these villains you're right even sandman is really a good guy and in the new movie he really is a good guy right Mm -hmm. uh electro's kind of a gray area um venom is He's a little bit more, I mean, he at least has a logical motivation, right? In right. Spider-Man 3. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And and what I really love about Spidey's rogues, galler, rogues gallery is that they're always connected to him somehow in some personal way. Right. Which kind of gives that, like, second, like, deeper level of, uh, right. uh, like, stakes that, that's, that Peter Parker has to save this person, not just kill kill him to save the the city he's got to kind of like rehabilitate them bring them back because they're all somehow like connected to him and And that's why i would go ahead there's that caveat like they can't just be destroyed yeah they have to be they they have to be preserved it's like it's like batman's like i can't kill anyone like it's not it's like we have to save them there's something Mm -hmm. good in them at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and also i would have loved to have seen um the actor, oh geez, I had the cast up here. Where did it go? The the actor that played um, Kurt Dr. Connors. Kurt Connors. Uh, mm-hmm. What's his name? His name is uh, Dylan Baker. 
I would have loved to have seen him become the lizard, right? Because you develop, yeah. it would have been so cool to see him as a professor for two movies. And then if he would have become the lizard in Spider-Man 4, but we didn't get to see that. We saw a different lizard, but you know, it would have yeah. been cool to see this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about a couple of the, I mean, we've already talked about Alfred Molina. We all love Alfred Molina. I, <laughs> I don't know if there's any, I don't, to be honest, was, was Elizabeth Banks in Spider-Man 1? I don't even remember. It was super quick. She barely had anything. It, pretty similar to this film. Okay. She was yeah, kind, it was, it was scenes. Yeah. Um, I think the only other new character would be Jay Jonah Jameson's son. Right. Good point. And he was um, kind of a blank. I didn't really. Did really he make even? Yeah. He's he, like a paper doll. He like he yeah. doesn't really. Yeah, it could have been an anybody. Astronaut. There. Yeah. Yeah. An uh, astronaut, the first to play football on the moon. Yeah. Like in the most American patriotic move ever. Yeah. Like, this is perfect. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? We were also robbed because I don't I don't know if you guys know this, but uh John Jameson goes on to become the man wolf in the comics. So we oh. didn't get to see the man wolf. Yeah, maybe one what day. What a bummer. Right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what day? Darn. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, everyone else is pretty much the same. I'll, I'll just say that if I'm gonna compare this to the first one, I think that Aunt May probably got more screen time in this, which I thought was fine because I think she's a great Aunt May, Rosemary mm-hmm. Harris. Thought she was excellent. Kirsten Dunst got a lot of screen time in this. She was great. Uh, now here's the thing, though. Here's one tiny uh, weakness in this film. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson does get more screen time. Because in the first, if you go back and watch Spider-Man 1, he was only on like literally three scenes. I couldn't believe it. Mm. He, he has more screen time in this one, but he's not as funny, I don't think. That's why I think it was different writers this time around. And that's why I think in at least one aspect, the first one was better. Did anyone else notice that? I think they they gave him the sequel treatment. And whenever there's like a sequel and they're like, wow, that really worked the first time. Let's do mm. more of that harder and so, like, <laughs> everything that yeah. he does is, like, it's faster, and it's, like, it's the you give me a bagel. Problem. Like, it's the whole... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, a photocopy of a photocopy at this point. Yeah. Like, he's just... I think... I I thought it was... Like, if you accept that that's what it's going to be, then it's funny because he becomes a caricature of himself. It doesn't right. really... I think there's a missed opportunity because of, like... <sighs> his son and his connection like there's there's much deeper story that we could have gotten into mm-hmm. but uh i mean there's moments like you're fired you're unfired i need you to go do this social event like is the, the social event is also me it's my son like there's that's <laughs> hilarious that's very mm-hmm. funny i i liked it there's also the yeah. meme remember the laugh or the pause and then the big laugh yeah. that's become a meme now do you know that one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that was that's really great good. There's also a, a deleted scene as well with uh, J.K. Simmons or J. Jonah Jameson trying on the Spider-Man costume and pre- like oh, pretending no. to yes. like shoot webs around the office and like jumping on the desk. That uh, I I completely forgot that that was even a deleted scene. I was expecting it for some reason. Well, okay, so I watched <laughs> Spider-Man 2.1 and that was incorporated into the movie. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. You can watch 2.1 on... I watched it on, I think... What was it? Crave? I don't even remember where I watched it, but it wasn't on Disney+. Plus. This is the only Spider-Man movie not on Disney+, Plus. I think. Are you or, Netflix? Or Netflix. It's not on Netflix. Yeah. Really weird, yeah. But um, I'll just say that there was that. There was a whole bunch... Like, watching this movie 
couple days ago was like watching it for the first time because there was so many things I forgot, partly because there were deleted scenes, but mm-hmm. partly because I just hadn't seen this one as much as I saw Spider-Man 1. So it was kind of refreshing, but um, I don't know. I think the other weird thing about this movie was the pacing was awkward because whenever this is a, a problem that I think plagues like almost all superhero movies where you develop Peter Parker and Spider-Man, his story, but then you always have the parallel of story with the villain and they almost never quite mesh. And I feel like in this movie, it's like you're developing Mary Jane and Peter and then it's like, well, we got to cut over to Dr. Octopus, but it never feels like an organic segue. Did anyone else feel that way? G.I. Jolie, did you notice that? Um, yeah, like just, just the tiniest bit, though, there, there just was a lot. There were a lot of like there was like an A, B, C and D plot and they all were happening at once. So they have to kind of get through them and uh, like make sure each like happened logically <clears throat> one after the other. Right. Um, which I think they did for the most part, like pretty successfully. Um it wasn't clunky, but it was it wasn't smooth and unnoticeable either. However, um, when they had to transition into a scene, like w- when we were talking about characters or actors, um, he wasn't the first one. So it's not like he's new, but he there's way to me. I think there's way more of him in this film. And that's Harry Osborn. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yeah. the worst I, part of this movie, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, James Franco, like, can anyone... All of that, though, is to set up Spider-Man 3. I feel like yeah. everything with him is just laying the groundwork. Like, I don't know when they released or, or signed yeah. contracts for this stuff, but, like, obviously they knew Spider-Man 3 was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They set it all up. But, like, every scene of his was like, why are you here? Why are yeah, you here? So it's just wooden. for the story. Why are you yelling? Like, <laughs> why He's very you... angsty. The, yeah. After, after the, uh, the accident in the Oscorp building where the fusion reactor explodes and kills people and the building collapses, we see James Franco go, that's it. I'm ruined. What? And then my whole career down the drain. It's like, and then he's like, he's like, all I have left is Spider Man now. All I have left is Spider Man. But like, there wasn't even any setup for that moment. Like, there was just like, we knew, okay, you lost your dad, you're kind of mad, Spider Man. And the whole uh, opening credits to this had like the watercolor effect mm. of like what happened in Spider-Man so you kind of knew what had happened it kind of gave you the setup but then there was no mention like there wasn't really a, an establishing of him being like Spider-Man is my quest I must get after him right. like, like not in the, yeah. in the way that J. Jonah Jameson has it and then in this moment it was like well I guess all I have left is Spider-Man now <laughs> what? it's almost yeah. as if they had filmed an entire movie and forgot that James Franco was in it and then went back and refilmed all of these scenes. That sounds like how I do my movies. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Like, right. like you have like a spare weekend. Okay, like, hey, come on, let's get them all done in one day, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, the scene uh, the scene where like Dr. Octopus goes back to him to get more tr- tritium. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like I'm like, what wait, what what why is this happening? Like, why doesn't he just steal it? Why does yeah. he go to Harry? 
Like, that was like, the one hey, scene hey, that boss. made me think about it. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> hey, boss, can I have some more of this stuff? Yeah. yeah. And he, like, dangles what? him over the edge and, like, Harry's freaking out. But he's already brooding anyway and, like, probably hearing voices at this point by now. But, like, it, it was it, that that scene... Um, when Mike asked me if I had noticed about the editing, it wasn't so that it wasn't so much the editing that I noticed, but it was just like weird scenes, like plots, like right. almost as if the Harry Osborne Doc Ock was a D plot or an F plot. And they like, there was a lot. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, yeah, wait, we have to like intercut that one in. This is mm-hmm. where it most logically fits in. So we'll do that there. Yeah. That's and what I mean. It, yeah. And then it, it cuts to him like, going to Mary Jane's play. <laughs> right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, especially because I watched the the two the 2.1 version with deleted scenes added back in, it felt like there was even more stuff where you're like, why is that here? It mm. doesn't feel like it belongs here. But it's like, well, we got to fit it in somewhere, so we'll just put mm-hmm. it here. And there was even all that, that subplot F with... Um, you know the landlord and the landlord's daughter? Yeah. Right. Like flirting yes. and then giving them cookies or whatever it was. It's just like... Cake? Why? The cake scene you... was very strange. Cake, cake, yeah. Yeah. So weird. Like, wh- and why doesn't he... Like, why are we having this scene at all? Is he meant to, like, end up with her as a romantic interest? I was rooting for Why Ursula. is she so, like, hot and naked and holding cake? Like, why... What is yeah. the point of, like, doing... Why does she set the pot on fire when she's, like... Right. Oh, like, oh, I gotta set the pot. Oh, it's Peter Parker. Like, yeah. I don't... What is happening with this girl? And is she being held captive by these men at the table? <laughs> yeah, who yeah. obviously are like some like scary Eastern European dudes. Like, yeah. what is going on with the? I don't yeah. even. I don't it's... understand why that was so. Like, why are we dedicating so much time to this? Like, if I was building this movie, am I absolutely like no? We need the scene with the guys at the table. Yeah, we can't. You're right. We can't establish that he <laughs> needs to pay his rent in any other way. Right, right. We need to add in the hot daughter of the mean landlord, and we also need to do like full production on the importance of being earnest. I need to see yeah. Kirsten Dunst on the stage in a hat right. and right. a wig. Why are we doing that? Like, why? It's so un- like totally... we can meet her at the stage door. Why are we wasting time on this? Like, go work on James Franco's character, please. <laughs> no, you're 100 percent right. It's just like they're sitting there going, you know, it would be a cool thing. Why don't we do this idea? And and I've been in that situation where you're either writing or you're on set and you're like, let's do this idea. Like, I can think of this cool joke with the girls setting the pot on fire. But that's the first thing the editor would cut because they're like, this has nothing to do with the story. And you're right. right, By including it, it makes your brain go, oh, well, that's going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Peter and her are going to hook up and that's going to have conflict with Mary Jane. But no, it doesn't. No. She just disappears. You never see her again. Right. So why is it even in there? Thanks yeah, for they, the cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even spend time together, and he even he see like it seems like maybe the cake is a metaphor for something else, and that it isn't, and it's like, right. But, but where's uh. the pay payoff? It and yeah. can I add if we're going to talk about crossing over, has Kristen ever done any comic book reviews with us? I like, yeah. did the Spider Man one. one. Yeah, I, okay. I haven't read a lot of, but I I did one. Okay, cool. Well, now that we know that his landlady is Mrs. Muggins, mm-hmm. I'm mad that there's no Mrs. Muggins. <laughs> How hard I mean, would it be, right? Why do, Why are we not including that? Why are we inventing this whole other side plot with a cake 
and a girl that goes nowhere when we right? have material to draw from. It's not like you're drawing this this character or this out of nothing. Like you could just read some of the things and mm-hmm. pull something out of there. Like read the stories already exist. Yeah. Like totally we already right. have very delightful distractions in the form of Bambi Candy and Mandy. Uh, like <laughs> right. Wh- why why change the source material? <laughs> If yes. we're going to shoehorn characters in, why would you shoehorn, like, why would you unshoehorn four very delightful female characters <laughs> in favor of this, like, weird Eastern European man's poker game? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily mind them changing it, but it just felt like very awkward and kind of shoehorned together. But here's the thing is, I do know this movie is considered the best one out of mm-hmm. the three, but... And you could argue maybe the plot is better, but I want to talk about a couple of moments of dialogue that really struck me as bad. Now, I thought that most of Aunt May's dialogue was fine. Like the, the scene between Aunt May and Peter, when Peter admits that he mm-hmm. was the one that was responsible, was really well done. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm watching like Little House on the Prairie as a kid. Like, this is so good. But anyway, um, but the scene where... <laughs> Sorry, I got yes, a lot the pinnacle of acting. Absolutely. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Right. I agree that's, completely. That's the bar right there. But the scene <laughs> where Mary Jane... Okay, he tells Mary Jane... Or no, she sort of comes on to him in the backyard and then they have another scene, they have another scene, they have another scene. Then when she decides to have coffee with him, yes. and she's like, I just have to know if you love me. And he's like, I do Don't. not... And it just hangs in the air, like. <laughs> is and this then, and that, yeah, and then just, they get hit by a car. It's just, so, yeah. Uh, and then uh, a car comes flying sideways through the window. You know what I think? This is what I think about all these subplots: oh is that there's actually a really beautiful version of this movie where, where, like, I, I'm just gonna say this: where you cut out all the action, like, there's all the emotional uh, moments are so disconnected from all of the action moments. And that's such a prime example of like, there's an opportunity to have like a real emotional connection and to go on a journey with these characters. And we're going to not only like shit the bed at the last minute with it, but we're also going to hit, literally try and hit them with a car. Right, 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 a sideways right, right, car right. is going to come flying through the scene <laughs> right. just to disrupt all of this. But yeah, you, I agree. I, I honestly would rather have them had the car come in before Peter delivers the line. So yes. Could, right? So it could be like, what is he going to say? And then the car comes in. But to have him mm-hmm. deliver that really bad, I don't. Or what was it, Josh? Was it I do not? Or I, I don't. Whatever it was. I don't. You, it was just it was like so a, like. Uh, I. And then I, it was just like linger, 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 right. linger. Don't. And then, didn't, and then after that, didn't she say, okay, okay, fine. But can you just kiss me? She says, me? I don't believe you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah right. That's right. I just have to know something. The it's, kiss. Well, the, the, the kiss is because... Um, of the the kiss, kiss is because she, she at this point, she's suspecting that Peter is Spider-Man. Right. I, I, um, I don't think so. I think it's her Cinderella glass slipper moment. I don't know whether or not she actually thinks it's him. No, I, I, I think, think it, she's hoping that if she kisses him, it will be him. I don't think she actually suspects it. I think she's just trying the slipper on all the men in well, the land. I, you know I think she does because she asks her fiance to do it, like to kiss her upside down. Remember yeah. in the apartment when she says, yeah. put your head backwards. She's trying to see if it's, if, if, it feels the same as when 
he she kissed Spider-Man in the first film. So right. when she's asking Peter in the ca- in the cafe, she is thinking like I want to see if that spark is there and I have a feeling that you're Spider-Man. I uh, think yes to the first and no to the second. I think that that she's going like I had this magical moment with Spider-Man and nothing will ever It's like this is her bachelorette party. Like, I, nothing will ever compare to that moment. So I'm just going to, like, if I... And then she kisses whatever his name is, whatever his face, Jameson. And and it's like, oh, well, I guess we have to get married anyway, though. And then she's with Peter, and she really hopes that Peter... I don't think she's hoping that he's Spider-Man. I think she's hoping that he has the spark. I think Spider-Man is, like, regardless, she mm. really wants to kiss him. But then she doesn't, like, make him go upside down to kiss him. She just leans in like she's going to kiss him. And right. then she gets hit with a car. I, I think would have f- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I. It would have been cool if, like, what Kristen was saying is true, and then she realizes, and you kind of see on her face, like that they're mid kiss, and she opens her eyes and she realizes that he's Spider-Man. Mm. Yes, yes. That's and a cool then opportunity. The car flies yes, yes, exactly. Yes. You have to have it interrupt something, but it doesn't. It's like it falls after this really flat moment. It's weird. Oh, but you yes. know what? I gotta I gotta weigh in with what Kristen's saying. I'm gonna add to it. I, I I think you're both onto something. But yes, I think it's more like Cinderella. Like she's like, it, it's it's she's testing everyone. So she's either testing everyone to find the spark, or she's testing everyone to find out who's Spider Man. So she could have been thinking maybe my fiance Spider Man. Nope, he's not Spider Man. Maybe Peter Parker <laughs> well, Spider Man. Right? Okay, hold on. He was playing football on the moon at the time. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were, yeah, they were not. Okay, you're right. Well, I yeah, I guess I guess it's maybe because I already have the knowledge of MJ figuring it out in the comics oh, before which I hate she it. says it. And uh, there's a point where she looks at him and says, you have you are different. Something is different about you. And then at the end of the film, she does say, I always like I always feel like I always kind of knew. Yeah, when she when when he turns around and looks at her, I I think she subconsciously she might suspect it, but I don't think she knows. No, I don't think she knows necessarily for sure. I just. I think that we're led to believe that she has some sort of sneaking suspicion. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that that's a myth. Like I think that either she kisses him in the cafe and then she has that that moment and we get to go there with her and then in the in the moment where his mask is off and she realizes that it's him, we get to celebrate that like, "Oh my god, I was right. Yes, it is you." And there's like it mm. becomes more joyous, it becomes more of a more of a meal uh-huh. that that moment or it she doesn't know and she really doesn't know and then when she sees him with his mask off there is an opportunity for shock and surprise and and disbelief and all of like there's so much more of a meal there to to go on that journey with her in that moment but both moments end up falling flat because there's that like mm-hmm. oh well i guess you don't love me well maybe let's kiss and then they get hit by the car and then <laughs> and then later on well i always kind of knew like it's I don't know. I just wanted, like, more... I think we could have hit that home more. You know what? Mm-hmm. And it, to, in what Josh mentioned a minute ago, in the comics, where they, the way they do it is, around this time that we're reading these comics in the 80s, uh, Spider-Man reveals his identity to Mary Jane, and she's like, oh, yeah, I always knew. Like, 
all for the past 200 comic issues of the comic I've always known and t- I always thought that killed the scene because the impact it's like you said is you want to feel the celebration of either oh my god I had no idea or oh this confirms my suspicion but to just right. be like oh yeah I, I always knew it's oh okay well it kind of felt flat mm-hmm. that's how I thought about it but anyway mm. but anyway yeah, there's a lot of stuff that is paying off um, you know, regardless of however we want to interpret it, it's really paying off better in the film than it is the comic, including, but not limited to, <laughs> also Robbie Robertson, knowing mm. that he is Spider-Man. Right. Yes. Because yes. they hint, uh, they hint at it in the film. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. "Hey, aren't you friends with Spider-Man, Peter?" Right. <laughs> yeah. And it just. The camera holds in Robbie's face for just a second too long. And you're like, aha, I knew it. And it like, uh, yeah, to to me as a person who's reading the comic books thinking, no, Robbie doesn't know. It's like, no, no, uh, he 1000% knows. And he's not saying a word. (laughs) I kind of wish we had a moment where he, um, he go, he finds Peter and says, hey, maybe you should give this back to your Spider-Man friend. And right. like hands him the suit pack and kind of like we kind of get the feeling that he knows mm-hmm. and is giving it back. That would that would have been a really great moment for that kind of like side character in the movies. Like he really is like C um uh C list character. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Which so one is it, he in the movie? Am I like not remembering his name properly? He's the uh, black like J. Jonah Jameson's second command, the black guy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is when he does actually go get the suit back. Mm-hmm. Are they not all like in the room? Did you catch that moment? Yeah. But They're I like, think he snatches it with his web. I think. And then leaves the web and a note. It's yeah. Sam Raimi. Yeah, I know. I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like just have them step outside the room. Uh-huh. It was really like, it's a nice shot. I like the, the like, I don't know the steel and then the thing mm-hmm. and then the note and then like that's those are all great that's yeah. a great like moment right like that's a panel moment but like they're standing right there give me something where they mm-hmm. like look over there or, like leave yeah. the room or something i don't know You're totally right like, make it a complete thought that just didn't really close the circle <laughs> for me <laughs> okay so oh go ahead jolie were you gonna say something oh no i i agree with kristen because like they had gone full circle with Peter throwing away his costume in a dumpster, giving us that classic cover. And then somebody, they had to figure out a way for Peter to get his costume back after he decides he wants to be Spider-Man again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel like it could have been a little more thought out. I like the idea of Robbie potentially giving it back to him. If we had films to do over again. Yep. So one scene we haven't talked about, it's Probably the most famous scene in the movie is the big train scene where Peter Parker mm. or Spider-Man stops the train. Now, I thought it was a good scene. I thought it was fine. But I still cannot forgive them for having Spider-Man take off his mask in front of like 200 people. And we just expect them all to just keep his secret. I know that we want to see Tobey Maguire's face, which I don't mind, but... It is ridiculous, and I. It just took me out of the scene. Did you guys? Did that bother you guys at all? It's one subway I... car. It's not two hundred people. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like 20 people. Well, 20 but people. But they all agree, like, that, like, oh, we'll, we'll keep your secret, Spider-Man. Oh, he's just a boy. Like, that whole... I don't know. I think we're supposed to see, like, because J. Jonah Jameson spends all of his time trying to to turn public opinion against Spider-Man. So to have that moment where, you know, the the nameless public is on his <sighs> side and they believe in him. But mm-hmm. I, I agree. I thought it was kind of, I think it disrupts it. Like, I like having the the convention that we don't know who he is and nobody knows who he is. Now you have, like, another... 25 people 30 40 200 people in the world (laughs) that know that know who he is that know his face and and like i don't know was that necessary well he even i I, I just say one thing josh even when he's standing on top of the building and his powers are running out and he pulls his mask off there could be people with cameras in the building right next to him it just drives me crazy i guess so but like he also flies into his apartment Every in and out of his apartment as Spider-Man every day. Okay, that's in the true. comics and in the movies, like okay, that's. I true. feel like at some yeah. point you have to like suspend your disbelief. Okay, but uh, I loved that scene. I liked the fact that they're going to keep his secret. Like he sacrificed his life to try and save them. Uh, he like put his body through hell. Like he literally fainted after after stopping the train it was moving so fast he had no energy at all um yeah it was just like a, a couple of people and like what are what were the, what would they say to the public he's a kid <laughs> he's right. a kid in new york uh that's about brown it well, <laughs> he's okay. got brown hair he's a white guy with brown hair good luck i'll like, totally <laughs> give you that yes there's eight million people in new york but he does work for the daily bugle yeah, but he's so, his. Do you know? Do you know the photographer for the Wizard but here's Star? Here's the thing: is <laughs> yeah, this, Dax Melmer. Is that well, yeah, is, at the very least, you know what they could do? They could say, "Hey, I'm going to go to the Daily Bugle. Hey, Daily Bugle, you know that guy who takes pictures of Spider-Man? I want to talk to him because I know who Spider-Man is." Then when that guy walks up, and it's the same guy that you just saw on the bus or the train, uh oh, right? It's possible. I'm just saying. It's possible. Uh, I, I I guess. I guess it is possible. I just feel like hmm. him sacrificing himself and then Doc Ock showing up and kidnapping him, like he still like saved them. I don't know. It's just like I, I like that moment. I like the whole you mess with one of us, you yeah. mess with all of us. Yeah. I love that like New York uh like stereotype that they always pump into the spider-man movies i i really like that moment you know what i would have liked to have seen too okay this this would have saved it for me is if at the end of the movie we saw peter parker on his bike and then he runs into some kids that recognize him and they look at him and they're like or something like that right like we're gonna keep your secret don't worry so at least there's a little bit of follow-up but whatever Mm -hmm. Anyway. I thought it was funny in that scene that he he I mean there's this like beautiful peaceful moment where like he has fainted and they're all carrying him yeah. you know figuratively and literally and and then like next scene he's up on his feet he's back to 100% and he is busting Doc Ock's butt like how, did he do you get a <sighs> snack in there like did you get yeah. a cheeseburger on <laughs> yeah. the way to the docks like how how are you holding up like you were just not breathing. This is not even like the next day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he took a, a glass of water. <laughs> I had a sip of water. I'm good. 
<laughs> I don't even, I just, I, not that like, not that it's ever going to be totally believable, but it was just too, the whole point was that he was completely exhausted. And then he was like, wow, your belief in me is what helps me to go on. And then he just goes <laughs> you know and what? saves the day. Big but, final battle. Well, yeah, because mm. then what happened, it was really another really awkward moment where, yeah, he had this big drama, big drama, big drama, and then Doc Ock's back and knocks him out and then kidnaps him. Because that's yeah. when he then wakes up, right? At that warehouse mm-hmm. thing or whatever that is, like on the water. So that was yeah. kind of awkward too. Well, he and wakes then, up in, the, he brings him to Harry. Oh yes, that's right, oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, that's then, right. Yeah. That was the moment, that's the moment where like he wakes up and he's like in it. He's like 100%, he's not groggy. He's not, we're not having like a princess bride, I'm half dead moment. We're like, he's like ready to go right from the moment he opens his eyes. Like, well, that little snappy nap really helped you, I guess. Let's yeah. do this. Uh, okay, well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Any favorite moments or anything? I mean, um, I I think that Aunt May, um, everybody loves a hero speech, is yes. maybe better than with great power comes great responsibility. Like I felt more from that speech than I did from Uncle Ben's. Like it's, I don't know, that one, watching it again now is going to stick with me more. Yeah. Um, because... It's both teaching Peter a lesson, but it's also like a moment for her to forgive him right. and kind of take what Uncle Ben said and kind of like twist it around in a new way to kind mm-hmm. of almost teach Peter this that same lesson from the first one. It really is with great power comes great responsibility. It's, you know, if everybody loves a hero like you if you're not being a hero and doing the best you can, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I loved that moment where, when she's moving out of the, uh, the house, it's, um, probably like the highlight coming out of watching it this time. Yeah. Well, that I, was the moment I was going to highlight too. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, and that also shows like, you know, cause I was comparing this to current Marvel studios films and, not only is Sam Raimi, because we talked about his style, the action and the jump and, and the crash zooms and the fast editing, but there was a lot of time spent on these supporting characters, right? Like just standing mm-hmm. around talking and I got to give the movie props for that, right? Because there was like huge gaps in the film where there was no action. And I really yeah. like that, that they let the characters just develop, right? Yeah. For most of the film, we don't see Spider-Man. Right. Like I think Spider-Man, I think Peter's in costume in the more in the first one than this one, and that right. one was the origin before he was even Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really, uh, I think that taking away his powers and having Peter reflect was good for the film. Um, it uh, also adds to like the plot and the story and the lesson that uh, that's being taught, both with Aunt May and his love life and with Doc Ock, like it's, um, uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting to see. I feel like most moments like that where it's like, I'm giving up being Spider-Man are always like, oh, okay, again. All right, well, I guess we'll we'll watch this story or read this again. But mm-hmm. f- for some reason it, it was never boring or like slow at any point. Um, but I think it was because they just focused on his character and developing mm-hmm. like what was going on with him. And it, yeah, it completely worked for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Julie, did you have a favorite scene or moment you wanted to talk about? Yeah. When he calls Mary Jane 
after he misses her play and he's just mm. speaking to her answering machine. Mm. Yeah. And like, I didn't really, really think anything of it until like I watched it again t- today while I was packing. So I was like, whatever. It doesn't hurt to watch the movie again. Um, it'll only benefit my memory. And there is one point where he runs out of time and um, he has no change uh, to put into the telephone. I almost, mm-hmm. the payphone. I almost forgot what that was called. Jeez. Um, <laughs> he has no change, so he, but he keeps talking. And he goes, here's the thing. Mary Jane, I'm Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. why I can't be with you. And it's like, this would just all go away. This problem that you have, uh, the problem that you have with each other would just go away if you could tell her that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just be better if you could communicate better and that's always been his problem and I, I, I'll harp on it until the cows come home but this the film is such a better uh, it really captures the essence of what the comic books were trying to tell us um, and it distills it in the best way possible like the entire conflict between in his mind of being Spider-Man and him and Peter Parker um, and why he is trying to come to terms with like whether he wants to be one or the other and sometimes he thinks he can do both and then at, at those times he also thinks he can be with Mary Jane like the whole internal conflict that he has it is so much more mature and presented better in the films than it is in the comics mm-hmm. we have gone through almost 10 years of comics and the the film does in like 20 seconds what the comics took 10 years to tell us and they didn't even tell us like it took 10 years and it's still not doing a great job it's doing like an okay job but like in the span of that one little phone conversation that he has with himself it's just it's heartbreaking you hear the heartbreak and i don't know if it's a testament to like the writing of the film or toby Maguire's acting or both it's not Tobey Maguire's acting. Stop, Kristen. Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tobey Maguire is sent from above, and that's my last final point. He is such a good freaking actor. Don't let Robert Pattinson hear you. Say oh, that. I'm sorry, Robert. Yeah, no, but Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I I dreamed about about Spider Man, a Spider Man movie, my whole life. Okay, and when Spider Man One came out with Tobey Maguire. It exceeded all my expectations, okay? <laughs> I could not believe how good he was. The movie was great, but Tobey Maguire was far exceeded all my expectations, okay? Listen, I'm pro Tobey Maguire. Of all of the Spider-Man, un- un- unless we're, like, if we can leave out No Way Home, which is on its own level, <laughs> because it has so much into it. It combines so much that it can't be considered solely, like, one of the newer versions of, of Spider-Man because it incorporates all of the things. Tobey Maguire is still my favorite. I'm, I'm with you. But I just don't think that he offers the depth of emotion. But that's that's what I want to say about this is that like it's it really is two movies. Like in, it's still like I think when we look at it in in the time that it came forward like in what is this one? 2004? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In 2004 for a superhero movie we have not yet experienced the world of the MCU. Like we, I think, I think at, even as the MCU has developed, 
when you compare like Iron Man to what they offer today, there's so much more fully developed characters. There's more emotional moments that are integrated into the action moments. This is still, I think, in like a binary universe where like we make we make emotional movies for girls and mm-hmm. we make action movies for boys. And this movie was like like had a lot of those emotional moments, but they they aren't connected to the mm-hmm. the action moments at all. Just it's if it, the the metaphor of like the car coming through the window during that emotional moment is like we have one complete emotional scene. Mm. That scene could have ended there. Like they could have gone to black. They could have gone to yeah. something else entirely. The car was like a clear beat that started a completely new scene, a completely new situation for them. And and I think like when we have these moments where Tobey Maguire as as Peter Parker is on the phone and having this emotional moment, it's like we we're not really set up to feel the depth of what he's feeling. Like and and even the comics that came before that, mm-hmm. this was still more evolved than than that. Like the fact that this came in this moment, it was actually a really big deal that he was showing such depth, even though we want more and we want it to be, you know. Just tell the truth, Spider-Man. Yeah. Let's see the struggle. Well, here's the thing. Here's I was actually leading up to another favorite moment of mine with Tobey Maguire. This is one of the best scenes in the movie for me. And it actually, like, for some reason I thought it was in Spider-Man 3, but it's not. It's when Harry Osborn is at the party and he gets drunk and he's slapping Peter Parker. Mm. I thought that was <laughs> so good because it was like... The thing I love about Tobey Maguire is that even though he's Spider-Man and even though he's technically one of the stronger superheroes in the Marvel Universe, he still is a clumsy, you know, gawky teen. Mm-hmm. And in social situations, he always comes out on the bottom. And here's his best friend completely humiliating humil- humiliating him in front of all these people and he doesn't know what to do because he's still just a teenager and he's like... um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And the look on his face, I mean, I don't know. I think Tobey Maguire just, he he can sell that better than anyone. I think just that he's so vulnerable and so, he's he's such a dork. He, he he's plays also, the perfect yeah. Peter Parker, I think. Yes, yes. Like yeah. it, it really does feel like the comics. I think that um, he maybe feels a little stiff at times as Spider-Man and doesn't have the like, quippiness I'll give I think, you that, that, we're, yes. that we're used to yeah. um, he's not he's not a bad spider he's not bad in the suit I just mm. think that um, he works way better as Peter yeah I agree I mm-hmm. agree with that yeah. but anyway um, so yeah I don't know what else to say I mean it was very fascinating going back and watching this movie 20 years after it was released can you believe it 20 yeah, almost, years ago right? 18 almost Oh yeah, eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm very bad but, at math. Okay, Spider-Man One was Spider- twenty years ago. Yeah, this was eighteen years, years ago. Years yes. Ago. Yeah. Okay, Mike is calling right. us from the year 2024. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, What's um, it like, Mike? <laughs> we're, oh no, we're I don't want to know. Anyway, exactly. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, but it was fun to go back. Uh, there was a lot of energy to this movie. It was, I don't know, it was fun to see it. What can I say? I mean. I mean, we were just earlier comparing it to current Marvel and like other superhero films. I still think it's better, to be honest, than most Marvel Studios films. Marvel Studios, they've mastered, like Kristen said, they've kind of mastered the art of interweaving the humor and the drama and mm-hmm. all that. Maybe a little bit better, but there's still something about this. There's a freshness and like Sam Raimi's energy 
that he and his the way that he can mix campiness with humor with action with drama it, it feels more like a film yeah i think that's yeah. the big difference i think mcu movies they're superhero like set pieces where that are all kind of connected where this just feels like a movie i don't know how how else to describe it it's just um it wasn't trying to be a superhero film or yeah this big thing that's connecting it was just focusing on spider-man 2 and doc ock and peter parker mm-hmm. that deserves a slow clap all right uh gi jolie <laughs> what's your final word on this film i wish instead of that scene <laughs> she would have played back a tape the tape of him being recorded telling him telling her he was spider-man Oh, that would have been Jerry Maguire level. I couldn't have taken it. I would have balled. <laughs> That's my why eyes it's out. my favorite anyway. scene because, like, immediately made me think of another solution for having that stupid car scene. He goes over to Mary Jane's house. They're having coffee, and they get into an argument. And she just hits play on her answering machine, and it's him telling her. Here's See? the thing, Mary Jane. I'm Spider-Man. Like, come on, let's make this movie again, people. Anyway, um, <laughs> we just came word. up with. There you go, a better ending. Go ahead. Final word. I love it. Like, again, it's my third favorite. So mm-hmm. third, second, second, second favorite. Yeah, I think he said second. <sighs> Do you know what? I was thinking about it more. I'm changing that. No way home is my second favorite. <laughs> just because I love how spoiler toby mcguire is in that one <laughs> mm-hmm. all right Kristen, you like have the, the last last spider <laughs> the last last word mm-hmm. i think what i love the most about this movie is that it shows us i think i said this at the beginning but it shows us like behind the happily ever after like it's it's like peter coping with the realities of what it is to be spider-man he has like his his um it's a wonderful life Jimmy Stewart moment of like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to throw away this Spider-Man suit. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to see what life is like when I just get to be myself. And then in the end, life is better. Life is better when you are Spider-Man and you are honest and you can, you know, support your aunt and take, be honest with your best girl and defeat, defeat the bad guys. And mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it. I think, I don't know if it's up there. I'd have to, I have a real hard time ranking movies it's my favorite one that i've watched today <laughs> <laughs> all right there you go okay we want to thank Kristen for joining us again you're welcome to come back anytime don't wait another year and a half before you come yeah. back we'll invite you back soon okay we'll do I'll some there. we'll do some comics this time for sure because i think i checked the records mm-hmm. you've done comics then a cartoon now you've done a movie so we'll go back to the comics there all you right. go Game. Awesome. Okay, we want to thank G.I. Jolie for joining us as well. And we, we want to remind... Yeah, <laughs> Bex Luther couldn't be with us, unfortunately, this week, but she'll be back next week. And Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or on Twitter or our Facebook page. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. So, like, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, on our website at the Comic Book Syndicate, um I yeah radio. <laughs> i heart radio wherever you find podcasts we're there um so yeah please keep in touch we want to keep that comics conversation going that's right so until next monday see you later